Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At the end of the show, I'm going to tell you one thing that I don't want to see Sunday um, in Dallas. But I also want to remind everybody that Jerry Jones essentially was instrumental in Dan selling the team. Because once Jerry turned on Dan, uh, it was much easier um, for uh, everybody else to jump on board. And I know you would look at Ursay and say, well, that was the first big bomb dropped. But Jera was always there to protect Dan, and eventually he didn't. Uh, and so uh, once he lost one of the only friends he had in the league, it was time to sell the team. But I'll tell you in the final segment of the show today something that I do not want to see on Sunday, and it has something to do with the rivalry. Uh, Ben Standing is with us, as he is every Monday and Friday. Uh, Join Ben on Twitter at Ben Standing on X. Definitely subscribe to The Athletic. It's totally worth it. And Ben's got an outstanding podcast called Standing Room only. So here's a question that we haven't really talked about this week and we haven't talked about on the show today. Does anybody give Washington a chance to win the game? I'll start with you, Ben. Is there any chance they win this game Sunday? Um, well, only because of the topic I know you were talking about earlier, the rivalry aspect or the, just the division aspect, you know, you, you know, this is a, a, a weird segue, but like, People always say Villanova beating Georgetown was the biggest upset in like college basketball history. I say no, definitely not, because they were conference foes. You don't get afraid of your conference foe. NC State beating Houston, that was different. That was not. That was two unknown teams. So I think division games, you, you do have to do the whole throw out the throw out the book kind of deal. I think it's possible. That said, no, I don't think anybody's really giving them a chance. Um, you know, not only is Washington not good. But it's looking like, you know, guys like John Allen, Kendall Fuller could may not play on top of everything else that's going on. So I, I just don't see how that happens unless Dallas just completely gags this thing. Yeah, they, they have they've made some moves here. They've signed some players, especially some secondary players. Um, I'll ask you this, uh, is it, and I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, I think there's a chance we're going to see a lot of unfamiliar jerseys and names on the back of them on Sunday uh, when the team takes the field. Do you agree with that? Yeah, probably. I mean, look, let's be realistic. Anybody who is a free agent, which is a lot of the players, you know, you got to make a business decision at some point. The season is what it is. Um, you know, if you're if you're a pending free agent, that means the team has not aggressively sought to retain you. And obviously, you play for the team, you play for your guys. I totally get all that. But yeah, I would imagine there would be people out there or not out there this week. I mean, even last week, right? You know, without Fuller, without St. Juice, there were a lot of randoms playing uh, 
cornerback, things like that. So, yes, I would imagine there will be more of that, probably more on defense. I think, if, you know, on offense, um, you know, I'm expecting like Terry McLaurin to be out there, Jahan Dotson probably. Well, they're trying to get Terry to 1,000 yards, right? Yes, there, there is that for sure. Um, but, yeah, even then, right, if you told me he gets 1,000 yards and they get into the second half and all of a sudden his his snap holes drop, sure. I mean, um, you know, I mean, if you're going to go out there, I think you play to win if you're the players. But at the same point, you know, what what are we talking about? All right. Um, I think this is an important question. I don't know if you feel the same way. But who's the backup quarterback Sunday to Sam Howell? I love that you have continued to ask me this all week. Um, I, I'm going to assume it's Jake Fromm. I don't know that. I did ask Rivera on Wednesday when we spoke to him last. He said they hadn't made a decision yet. Uh, we'll talk to Rivera in a little bit here today. I don't know necessarily that his, what is likely his final press conference. That uh, question comes up. But I'm going to guess it would be Jake Fromm, Justin, for the, hey, what if something happens to Sam Howell part, you know, going to Brissett, as we've seen. Brissett coming off the bench has been very effective. So I don't know that that would be if Josh Harris and them are weighing in, that that would be the way to go. So I would guess Fromm, but we don't know that. Do you think they've weighed in on this ownership? Um, I, I, I guess only if, if the Rivera plan differed from what their logic would be. You know, we go back to the Montez sweat trade. I think if, if, Cap, if it was up to purely just a rod, I think Montez sweat is still here. I, I mean, you know, I don't think at that point was at week eight going to week nine that Rivera was like saying, Hey, the season's over. And, uh, but when you make that trade, you are building towards the future. It is not about the present on top of Chase Young as well. So my point would be whatever conversations are being happening and whatever they're saying it's kumbaya, everybody's on the same page. I, I just don't know if I completely buy that. So my point, if they're, if they're weighing in on that, I could imagine them at least saying, hey, so what are we doing here, quarterback? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's make it sure. Thanks. Yeah, but what wouldn't be cool is if Jacoby Brissett's the backup quarterback. Right. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being to... serious here. We we have we we he's quarterback five real drives because the sixth drive in the game against the Jets was a hand the ball off three times to make the Jets burn their timeouts. It wasn't a real attempt to score. So he's five for five on real drives, ending in touchdowns, not field goals, touchdowns. And so we've seen him bring a team back from 28-7 to 28-20 with a chance, and we saw it down 27-7 him take the team back to a lead against lesser competition, certainly the Jets. But the Rams had to win that game, and he had them you know, reeling a little bit. It would be totally on Josh Harrison ownership for the first time for me if Jacoby Brissett enters that game as the backup quarterback, knowing that they've turned to Jacoby Brissett the last two times he's been a backup quarterback, and there's the prospect, right, with who the hell knows who's going to be out there with Sam Howell on offense, that Sam Howell takes a beating. Yeah, no, for sure. Look, I'm a firm believer, believer in you play all four quarters in terms of how to do the how to do the job. I don't mean the game. You know, anybody who watched the TV show Breaking Bad remembers the conversation about uh, half measures. Uh, you can't do half measures on these things. And I think, unfortunately, when you look at a lot of the transactions and choices that were made over the last four years, I think a lot of times 
things were half measures, i.e. if you're going to get, if you're going to make the deal for Carson Wentz, you better make sure your offensive line is bolstered as best as possible, not just signing two guards, two older guards from Carolina that you were familiar with, right? So they've done a half measure way too many times, and I agree with you. If you're going to do this, going to do what they're doing, having Brissett be the two would make no sense. So, sure, if it's a, to play it all the way out, it definitely should be Jake Fromm. No argument there. I'm just wondering if the reason we don't have an answer on this is that there's some sort of back-and-forth tussle going on between Ron, who would like to be competitive in this game, and ownership, who would like to see and make sure that the one player that could potentially impact it in a major way on offense doesn't see the field. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I, I don't know that I would imagine there's any real tussle. I just think. Well, why don't we have an answer on it at this point? It's uh, a meaningless well, I mean, season-ending game. I don't know. Well, but I mean, again, he hasn't talked since Wednesday. I did ask. He said, I, I wouldn't put too. I mean, I wouldn't put too much stock in the things he is saying the last week or two. I mean, he's doing what he can do, but like <laughs> versus we'll, you know the other three and a half and three three quarters years. Well, I just mean like you know, know. It's, you know, I think we all kind of see where things are going. I don't think he's blind to the situation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, even the Sam Howell thing, just making that announcement was odd. It wasn't the usual deal. You know, they, they did it after practice, before practice. You know, we're, we're seeing, you know, we're there, we're, or, you know, during practice, we're seeing a little bit what's going on. And, you know, look, everything has been weird and off and so on. I, I uh, you know, who knows? I, here's the other thing, right? If I'm Bridget Jacoby Brissett, I'm resting on what I've done. Only thing I can do now is screw up. Any notion that I should be a potential starter in this league, having done what you just said. So I don't see why Jacoby Brissett would be even, you know, I don't know if he would go full Heineke like Heineke did last year saying play right. how, but that will logically be the move he should make for his own sake. Like, hey, let Brom go. What's the, what, what's the harm? If, he, if, if there's a reason to play somebody, let him play. He hasn't played all year. Let him play. Yeah, no, there's no benefit in Jacoby Brissett playing this game. Although, you know, look, it may be as simple as Jacoby Brissett actually is hurt because he was hurt Sunday from what I was told that that was a legitimate injury um, that he was hurting before the game and couldn't go, and maybe he hasn't recovered. But if he has recovered and he's the backup for the game uh, and he ends up entering this game and having an impact on the game in a negative way for their draft selection, I don't put that on Ron. I put that on ownership at that point. Yeah, for 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 sure. I mean, I yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, you're you on not, all that. You're not as serious. You're, you're for whatever reason, this isn't something that is interesting to you. And maybe it's because you know that this isn't going on. There's not a discussion about quarterback, and they'll probably end up having Jake Fromm be the backup. I'm just giving you my feeling that if Jacoby Brissett's the backup here, then ownership did not do their job prior to this final game. Because their yeah. job should be, they're the only people left that have future interest at stake. Nobody on the field or the sideline, well, the players will do it, obviously. But in terms of the organization's interest moving forward, nobody's got any on that sideline on Sunday. And right. Well, like if, I said, if we, if we believe that a lot of the guys that you're, you just said earlier, we're going to see a lot of jerseys out there that we don't know. I know. All these things go hand in hand is all I'm saying. Like, if... if if that's the case, then that's not a scenario where the plan is to quote unquote do everything we can to win the game. So in line, it would be logical to think that would include what we're discussing here, the backup 
quarterback. So, no, I mean, it would be incredibly insane if Jacoby Brissett plays in the game. I'm just sort of like, you know, I don't have any real reason to think anything else. I mean, Ron has been fairly, you know, passive the last few weeks. It's not like he's, you know, he's not standing up here talking anymore about the seasons about the young quarterback or he's not defending too many things. He's just, you know, okay, well, this is where we're at. And based on that, I just don't see a guy who's going to fight. If somebody says you got to put, you got to put Jake Fromm in his the two. Uh, I would say that Josh Harris needs to be Mike and Ron Rivera's Walt in this conversation of half measures. That's what I would say. Um, all right, we'll move on from that. Uh, so what are you hearing, if anything, about the chronological order of what happens after the game on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, my assumption based on, you know, what happens in this league and just a little bit I've heard is that, you know, whatever changes are going to be coming would come Monday. And, you know, we could hear from Josh Harris or, you know, as soon as that day or the next day, I don't know where he is. Um, logistically, you know, uh, because he's got a few few, uh, things going on in his world. But, you know, I I don't think this is going to drag out in terms of uh, making changes here. In terms of beyond that, that's where it gets more intriguing. You know, teams can begin interviewing general manager candidates in person on Monday. I have no idea that that's going to happen. Um, But it could begin quickly because if you you do want to hire the GM first, Coaches cannot be interviewed in person until the 22nd. I believe they can do Zooms uh, prior to that. But if you want to have the GM weigh in on the coach, well, you got to get moving then, right? You can't just you can't wait for that for three weeks. So, so presumably that could start pretty quickly. But you know, this is what I think what is so intriguing about this. It's not forget the fact that everybody's thrilled that Dan Snyder is, is gone for 20 years or so. We've had a feeling. Of what was going to happen? What 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 is this organization going to do for better or for worse? It's now completely different. I don't think we have any idea what is going to happen, how they're going to handle things, what, what how information flow will go out. So that's why this is all completely uh, new and fascinating. But you know, I, I think on Monday, I would imagine, like I said, whatever changes they're going to make initially, we'll we'll, we'll hear about it then. Right, so that's the first shoe to drop. But how many shoes drop? Like, is it the entire staff that gets fired on Monday? Like, everybody's obviously wondering about the future for Eric Bieniemy in particular. Yeah, I mean, obviously, some I, I would assume Bieniemy has at least a two-year contract. Right, you know, he's the one. He just came here last year, so yeah. you know, from that perspective, it may make sense to anybody who's got a contract beyond this year. You know, it arguably makes sense to say, let keep them here for the moment. Let the new person make those decisions. And in the case of the enemy, you know, I don't know that I see him getting a head coaching job based on the track record of not getting them. But if he were, Washington would get uh, a draft pick based on the way that the league had set things up for the hiring of minority candidates. So based on that, I mean, I would wait and see. And then, you know, I mean, unless there's some conversation with him about letting him go or whatever so I, I don't necessarily know that everybody who's going to ultimately not be here next year goes away monday or tuesday or, or even particularly quickly um but we'll see and the front office is even a little bit more confusing because with having with draft preparations ongoing you know they've been scouting for months and all that typically particularly with the scouts but sometimes with the executives you know they hold firm 
on the group in place, get through the draft, and then change things out. So it's possible some of the names that we're all familiar with are still here um, for, you know, even up until the draft. But, it, you know, if, if they do hire a new GM quickly and that person, um, you know, has the opportunity to, to do some different things, then maybe uh, some of those guys are out as well. But in terms of just Monday, I mean, I don't necessarily know that it's going to be anything beyond the obvious, but it's, you know, again, this is why it's so interesting with what's yeah. going on here because we I, don't know how they act. I don't know if you have the answer to this, but you brought something up that's very interesting because we know that, you know, the 49ers among a few organizations have really benefited from hiring minority candidates and those minority candidates then getting hired for higher positions somewhere else and they get compensation for that. So what you described with Eric Bieniemy, if they fired Eric Bieniemy along with Ron Rivera and the entire staff and Bieniemy went on to be a head coach, which I think is a super long shot. Um, uh, you know, I, I, that, that would be one of the stunners of the off season from given that he didn't in his opportunity to be an offensive coordinator. It's not like he lit the world on fire, um, offensively this year, but if he were, if they fired him, they wouldn't get compensation back. I don't think so. He's not on the staff anymore. Yeah, right. So, so the the only job he could ascend to at this point for them to get compensation back for him is head coach because he's already an offensive coordinator and an assistant head coach. So that would be the only position he could ascend to. So I, I was just trying to think as to whether or not if they were planning on moving on from Eric Bieniemy, if it made sense to not give him – Every advantage of going out there and being available right from the get-go versus holding on to him. You know, holding on to him, the only thing, the only benefit you get back is if he gets a head coaching job. That seems like an, a, a massive long shot for this offseason anyway. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, it's sort of what we were discussing before. This is the half measure versus the full measure. Do you think it's an opportunity for your organization? Even if it's a small chance, doesn't make sense to keep him. I mean, I would say, and I'm with you, I don't think – it's likely on any level, but what's happened over the last few weeks, there's been the candidate as the Kansas city Chiefs continue to struggle. One thing, you know, people are talking about is more of, well, you know what? One thing they do miss is like they had the, they had the enforcer before in the enemy and now they don't. Is that factoring right. into this? I don't know. Who's to say, yeah. I can't say enough, but, but other people may look at that and say, hey, boy, the chiefs really have come down. Maybe there is something to that. And then, you know, to whatever degree you assign credit to the enemy for what percent has done, like he's given the offense a control group versus the Sam Howell experiment. This is what it can look like. I mean, obviously to the extreme uh, with what Percet was doing, but you know, maybe it isn't. You know, they had a young quarterback, blah blah blah. So again, I'm with you. I, I don't know what percentage. I mean, that might lead to another opportunity with the Chiefs or another opportunity to be an OC. I just sure, don't sure. see the head coach piece. No, I I I I, I I I agree. I mean, I don't I don't see it. Um, you know, I included him in my list of potential head coaching candidates for my last story, but I did it to be honest for all the people are going to say to me, why aren't you including the enemy? Like I, I laid it out basically. Like I don't really see it, but here, and here's sort of why rather than not putting him on the list and then people going, well, why don't you have the enemy on there? So I just sort of explained why he, okay, he's here, but I don't know if I really um, actually buy this. So yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, I think almost, almost everybody that we've talked about, you know, you know, on the depth, on the hierarchy depth chart below Ron, you know, I, I would imagine most of those people will not be back. It's not, you know, almost all of them. 
We're talking to Ben Standing, of course. Don't you think the Biennemi conversation is interesting from this perspective? Like, on one hand, there's a lot of mystery about him, but then on the other hand, based on what we know, there really isn't any mystery. Only one team wanted to hire him last year, and the offense wasn't very good in his first year of having total control over the uh, over an offense. And if you want to go with, well, that's because they were developing a, a young quarterback, the quarterback didn't develop. He regressed. So there's really not much of a mystery there, and yet it gets treated very much as if it's, you know, this intriguing thing. I don't know. Uh, to me, it's like they Washington's the only team that offered him a job. If not, he would have gone back to Kansas City and not been the offensive coordinator. And then on top of that, he gets this opportunity, which was great, and he didn't succeed in it. Uh, is there any yeah. way you could describe Eric Bieniemy's first season with total autonomy as an offensive coordinator, assistant head coach, as a success? Um, no, not really. I mean, you know, there was obviously when Howe was trending more positively. I guess you could uh, have assigned some some more credit to Bieniemy there, but ultimately, um, no. I mean, look, the, the Bieniemy conversation is complicated because it involves social issues that go beyond just X's and O's and things like that. But I think he's been viewed as, look, obviously there's not enough, <clears throat> the, 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 the league is light with minority coaches and GMs and all that and totally should be better. But by finding Eric Bieniemy as the face of this thing, it kind of ignores. Demeco Ryans is uh, with Houston and they're one game away from making the playoffs as a, as a first year head coach. It, it's possible. It just, it ignores Todd Bowles interviewing 10 candidates, several of whom were minorities, to fill the offensive candidate, uh, offensive coordinator avoid filled by the firing of Byron Leftwich, and he didn't even interview Eric Bieniemy. You're right. right. No, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that is that deals with race in the conversation about Eric Bieniemy. But that's why I get to is it he. Nobody wanted him except for one team, and the first chance he's gotten, it's not been a success. Anybody that would look at Eric Bieniemy's first year as an offensive coordinator and say, "Wow, he should be a head coach," is blind. Yeah, I, no, I mean, I, again, I think a lot of the conversation is just what people are saying by rote. They've ignored the fact that maybe right. he just isn't a good candidate. I mean, six half the league has interviewed him and decided not for us. But like you said, other people, have, other hires have been made, and you know, again, they more, more. But maybe he's just not that guy in the in the view of half the league. Um, well, and yeah, that, and that, every and bit of okay, half that, the league, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, literally half the league. So, right, uh, and and you know, what's funny is I actually think at times this year. I've come in on Monday and I've said, I liked what he did with Sam Howell yesterday. And then the next week it changes. Last week, I actually thought he did a responsible job in the first half, given that Sam was in the fragile state that they had implied he was in. I mean, that was as much of a protective first half as we've seen. Now, there were only 21 snaps, but running the football and almost every throw was quick game. I mean, I didn't go back and count them, but I think of the um, uh, it was like ninety percent uh, of the throws were, were were quick games. So, look, I'm not saying he's not he can't be a football coach or an offensive coordinator, but the idea that he's done enough in the first year as an OC with all this autonomy 
to all of a sudden be a no-brainer head coach candidate it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, no, I mean, what else I mean, about I'm, Sunday sticks out to you uh, in this weird kind of game where, you know, I had a bunch of callers say they want Washington to win. Now, I think most of the audience that, that listens to the show, and we had a Twitter poll, 88.5% said, no, you got to lose to ensure a top-two pick. Um, but what are your thoughts heading into this final game of this wretched season? Yeah, I mean, um, I, yeah, I heard I heard some of those segments and very passionate uh, people calling in saying they want Dallas to lose at all costs. And I was trying to think of a good analogy. I don't know if this is the best one, but to use another movie analogy or to uh, a movie analogy, um, Inglorious Bastards. I assume you've seen that one about thirty times. My f- yeah, probably. Right number two behind Pulp Fiction on his movie list. Right. Exactly. Yeah, same. So th- there's the tavern scene in which there are um, – well, where there's this German officer who recognizes that somebody posing as a German officer is a, is a fake. And he makes the decision to call it out even though it's going to lead to his own death. He could have kept it to himself. He could have waited for a better opportunity to – confront arrest whatever but he purposely did it because i guess he loathed the situation so much that he decided it was worth it for for himself to die that is insane i get great for the movie but it's insane in other words why would you care about dallas losing if it hurts your cause why you want to you want to take off one of their limbs fine don't do don't don't take off your own in the in the same i mean no matter what happens dallas is going to the playoffs you're you stink why would you do anything to to change that? And in terms of like you know the quarterback and oh you never know. Well, of course you never know. We're literally asking people to evaluate other human beings and determine how they're going to progress and grow. Get out of here. That is an impossible job. Um, it, you do the best you can, but that, that's hard. Also, it's, as you said at the earlier, it is not about the quarterback specifically. It is about the opportunity. If they have the number two pick and trade it down and get a whole bunch of stuff because they have a whole bunch of holes. Look, obviously it's a risk that you're passing on possibly getting a great quarterback, but, you know, maybe they don't love them. And maybe they think, hey, we're better off trading down a few picks, taking an offensive tackle, then getting, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, however many picks else they get and using these things going forward. You know, part of the what, what people never understood, I don't think enough people have about the process that Josh Harris did with the Sixers, it wasn't taking to get the number one pick. It was maximizing every opportunity you can to get as many draft picks as possible because you right. recognize that this is an inexact science and you're going to blow it. And the Sixers blew a lot of their picks. They also got Joel Embiid, who's arguably the best player in the league, and they've been a 50-win team for the last like five years. They absolutely worked, and this is what and in this sport where you need 22 starters, getting as many bites at the apple is even more imperative, I would say. Yeah. Um, but, you know, anyway, so, yes, I think to this degree, if you want to root for Dallas to lose, you do you. But if you really care what best for this organization, I do not remotely see how you think that's the best way to go. How smoke showish was Diane Kruger in that movie and in that scene in particular? Um, big fan uh, of her and that scene in that entire movie. Brad Pitt coming down the steps in the conversation is priceless. By the way, I would just say, because I opened the show this morning with Jokic's shot last night, um, he's better than Embiid. He's the best player in the league. Yeah, he is. I mean, you know, I, uh, yes, I mean, I, I, yeah, Jokic is 
ridiculous. Um, but I'm just saying, you have, you know, as Wizards fans know, if you don't have something like that, as good as like a John Wall or Bradley Beal Award, that's not the same thing as having one of the five best players in the league. Um, and that's in that league, in that sport, that matters. The Sixers got one. That's why they're a contender for several years in a row now. Um, but yeah, right. uh, if we're going to have that debate, sure. Uh, I, like I saw your, your, your question earlier, like who is the, who are the athletes today that are like sort of must see TV? Yeah. I mean, Jokic, Curry and Wemba and Yama in the NBA are the ones for me that if I had the opportunity to watch, I think I'm Anthony gonna... Edwards is way up on my list now. Um, Sure. Sure. But you're right about Curry. We didn't mention Curry. Curry is still must watch. Um, but yeah, but who else did you have? Sorry. No, no, those, those were, if we're just talking NBA, those are the three. I yeah. saw you had Caitlin Clark. I think that's absolutely 100% accurate right now. Um, you know, NFL, I think you guys said Lamar, sure. Tyreek Hill, I think, you know, watching them when they played, when Miami played here. It was hard to just not watch what he was doing on every single play, and we saw right. that came why. Um, and obviously, when Mahomes is right, him, but like it's been a little bit different this year. It really has been. And I think, I, it, did I mention Miles Garrett? Like every time the Browns are on, it's hard not to watch Miles Garrett and the attention he gets. I don't know if anybody gets game planned more in the league for than Miles Garrett does. Maybe Aaron Donald still. Um, but I think it's Garrett if you watch the way the teams fear him. Uh, I mean, and at times there are two and then a chipper. Like it's three people trying to to keep him from getting to the quarterback. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, well, and, well and, the next time – we... yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and like to the point just to go back to this team, you know, for all the talk of the four defensive linemen, at least here – I know Montez Sweat seems like he's gone to another level with Chicago, but at least here – that's the rub that as good as they were and as much they invested, none of those guys justified that kind of game planning approach from another team. No. And that's the difference between being really good and being great. And they had four guys and unfortunately none of them have to have shown that. You know, that's so fair, you know, um, you know, after, I mean, I, I thought last year, um, I really thought Duran had a chance to become that as an interior D-tackle, even more than John in many ways, you know, a guy that could really become a consistent game wrecker, but he didn't this year. By the way, a friend of mine just said, no way is Miles Garrett game-planned more than T.J. Watt is. I don't know. I bet it's pretty close. I, I and, and actually, I still I still think Aaron Donald is probably – the biggest threat to an offensive coordinator in terms of a defensive player of any in the league. Um, yeah, but there are some choices. Parsons is in that mix as well. Parsons is in the mix. Yeah, but you see a lot of teams run at him, which is interesting. All right. Uh, you want to give us your final, final score prediction of the year? Oh, boy. I think I, I can see another first half somewhat like last week where you're like, oh, boy, where is this going? Kind of like it should be, it shouldn't be this close, but ultimately. <laughs> You know, Dallas somewhere in the neighborhood of like, you know, 20, you know, what was last week, 27 10? I mean, something along those lines, um, I think could be in play. And then, you know, then we go from there. If I, I in, in talking to Tommy on my podcast yesterday, 
like Dallas is a team that I could definitely see choking in a big way if it were close going into the fourth quarter. You know, I could see McCarthy doing something stupid with the clock, them committing dumb penalties, Dak throwing a pick. The 49ers, I never felt like that they could choke it away. It, it, this could, if, if this game were close going into the fourth quarter the, and, and Sam was playing well, we better see Nate Sudfeld a.k.a. Jake Fromm, warming up on the sideline. Uh, all right, good job. I'll talk to you Monday. It'll be interesting. Uh, very much so, man. Talk soon. All right, Ben Standing, everybody. Smell test, final one for the regular season. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Can you smell it? It's time for the smell test. Do you smell something? We look where John Q. Public is putting their cash. Trust me, you just gotta get past the smell. And go the other way. Can you feel it? Can you smell it? Kevin's smell test on the T980. Alright, seven three and one last week. Uh that included a Thursday night game, so it was seven two and one over the weekend. Ninety eighty two and eight on the season. So up uh eight units over 500 for the year so have a good chance for another uh winning record uh season um so week 18 is always difficult uh in betting in the nfl the one thing that i've always looked at is teams that don't have anything to play for against teams that have everything to play for uh getting typically short enticing numbers in terms of what appears to be a public bet on the favorite. Uh, and there are a couple of those games that fit, but there are also a couple of 
of complexities to some of these games. The most obvious one of the weekend is the Panthers getting four and a half at home against Tampa Bay. All Tampa Bay needs to do is win. They win the NFC South. They host a playoff game as the NFC's four seed for a second straight season. The Bucs have played some pretty good football, you know, until last week when they lost to the Saints, but they had won four in a row um, to get themselves into position to control their own destiny. Carolina had their worst outing in a while last week, getting shut out by Jacksonville 26 nothing. But the week before, they put up over 400 yards and lost on a walk-off field goal to the Packers by three. They really impacted the Falcons' chances by beating them outright in the rain in Charlotte. Uh, they were close to, to, to potentially derailing Tampa in their last meeting, losing 21 to 18 um, at Raymond James. Uh, the public is hammering Tampa in this game. The line actually at one point was five and a half this week. It's down to four and a half. I've had the Panthers for a lot of weeks in a row, guys. I understand it's painful to bet a bad team, but I've had them now, I think, in four of the last five weeks, and I'm three and one on them. Uh, they covered against Green Bay. They covered outright. They won outright and covered against Atlanta, and they covered against Tampa. Um, and my loss was last week having them with no chance against Jacksonville. I will finish up with the Panthers plus the four and a half at home on Sunday against Tampa. Um, Minnesota's getting three at Detroit. Now, Detroit doesn't have much to play for. Minnesota, Minnesota's still theoretically alive. Um, I would give out Minnesota in almost every single scenario, except this is opposite of what I said, which is the team that needs to win against a team that's really got nothing to play for. But I'm telling you, the most bet team of the weekend is Detroit uh, against Nick Mullins and the Vikings. Um, but I'm not giving Minnesota out. But I, I could change my mind by Sunday on that one. That's one of these real kind of intriguing games. Um, Atlanta's getting three at New Orleans. It looks like Atlanta's the right side, but both teams need to win this game, so I'm staying off that one. Here's the one that also fits like the Panthers do. Tennessee getting three and a half now. This line is down, Denton, from earlier in the week. A lot of sharp, sharp money on the Titans against the Jags at home. Sunday at one, Jags need to win to win the division. Tennessee is playing for nothing. I'll take the Titans in a short number plus the three and a half. And then the last one, the Chicago Bears. Uh, Sunday afternoon at Lambeau. Green Bay wins. They're in. They lose. They're most likely out. I'll take Chicago plus the three playing some really good football at Lambeau. Um, there are other games that I like. Like I said, I kind of like Minnesota. I kind of like Atlanta. Um, but uh, And I kind of like Indy a little bit uh, tomorrow night. But the three official plays are the Panthers plus four and a half, the Titans plus three and a half, and the Bears plus three. In terms of the Monday night national championship game, I'll have that pick if there is one on Monday's show. Um, wanted to read this really quickly from Jackson. Jackson writes, yes, Brissett can't even be dressed. Logan Thomas should be the backup quarterback, Kevin, not even from. Uh, I feel strongly about this. 
Uh, if Jacoby Brissett is dressed as the backup, I think that's a massive mistake by ownership to allow that to happen Sunday. Um, the injury report presented by the Centers for Advanced Orthopedics, more physicians, more locations, more advanced care centered around one thing that's you, visit cfaortho.com, is significant. John Allen, uh, knee, didn't practice. Castro Fields didn't practice. Fuller, Holmes, uh, Brissett was limited with a hamstring. Martin was full. Ridgeway limited. St. Juice was full with the concussion. Curl didn't practice. Samuel didn't practice. Hill didn't practice. And Wiley was limited. CFAortho.com. More physicians, more locations, more advanced, care-centered around one thing. You. When we come back, something I don't want to see Sunday and a prediction for the final regular season game and most likely, actually, definitely the final game of the Ron Rivera tenure. That's next. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Wizards in action tonight. They're back in Cleveland. They played the Cavs earlier this week. Lost 140-101. to Looking to rebound here. This game tips at 7.30. Pre-game can be heard right here. Team 980, 7.15. Caps in action tonight as well. They're hosting the Carolina Hurricanes. Puck drops at 7. You can hear that on our sister station, 106.7 The Fan. And that's what's trending. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. So here's what I don't want to see. Um, if you want me to show a little bit of, of rivalry, passion, combativeness, if you will, um, I don't want to see Josh Harris, Mitch Rails, Mark Gine, Jason Wright on the field before the game yucking it up with Jerry. Uh, I think some of the more disgusting sort of uh, looks in recent years, Dan, Tanya, some of the uh, you know organizations, you know, to, uh, people taking pictures with Jerry you know, in Dallas or before games. We don't need pictures of our ownership and Jerry Jones yucking it up before uh, a game that probably is going to land with a 4-13 overall record. So there's what I don't want to see. My final, final score prediction for this terrible season, Dallas 35, Washington 6. 
This is never close. Dallas isn't going to blow this. It's going to be 21 to nothing before you know it. Uh, my footnote is that Joey Sly misses an extra point on a bad snap. <laughs> um, that's it. What's what, Denton? What's your final final score prediction of the year? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 42 to 14. I think it's gonna be bad. Yeah, uh, this should get ugly early, and it'll be fine. We'll be sitting here with a a new day Monday. Can't wait for the new era, the new Josh Harris era to start. I don't need the pictures flying around on social media with them laughing with Jerry Jones at midfield before the game starts, with all of our owners gushing over Jerry Jones. That's not a good look for our new ownership. Um, It fit the old ownership much better. Have a great weekend back on Monday. Roosters next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.